Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Great American Senior Show. I'm your gray-haired host, Sam Yates, and I am so tickled pink today because I'm back in Martin County, Florida, and a friend of mine just happens to be, for a long-time friend, to be also the Supervisor of Elections, uh, Vicki Davis. Vicki, welcome to the program. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for the invitation. Sam, it's so important to get election information out to our voters because... As we we all know, elections have been um, a little, there's been some confusion with elections in the election process and changes in the law. And of course, that's what we want to do, certainly uh, with a focus on seniors. But one of the things that uh, we learn in doing this program is that seniors have family, family have support. Seniors have caregivers. So what starts as the the point in focus, by the time it all focuses out to a broader pattern, we cover a lot of people, so I'm glad to have you here. But I always enjoy setting the stage with my guests. Tell me a bit about yourself, a background, and uh, and what you have been doing with this job. I, I don't want to say for how long, but tell us about yourself. Sure, I'll be happy to. I'm a generational Floridian. I go back at least six generations. In fact, I'm working on my genealogy now when I get a few few minutes here and there. Um, but I have been in this job for, this is my 18th year in the position. Prior to that, I was eight years, served eight years on the Martin County School Board as an elected member. So it was a natural transition for me to move from an elected official in one capacity into the elections office because I had to deal with the office as a candidate. And it just seemed to be a a natural fit. And even my family knew for a number of years that when my predecessor decided to retire, I was going to file my paperwork and run for the position. And I never looked back. And it's really been a a great joy. Um, Of course, this job has its challenges, just like any other other job does, and especially elected positions have. But to me, it is the very foundation of our country's democracy and the democratic process that we all value so much. And that's why I'm so thankful to be a part of today's show because the majority of our voters are senior citizens. The great generation and and baby boomers and you know, they're the ones that get out and vote. And we're so proud of that. And we're we're really wanting to continue to educate everyone as much as possible. I think in from my perspective, looking from the outside in, if if that's quite possible, People take your office for granted. They think that elections happen and the machines show up and the votes are just, uh, you know, it, it's a process and it's a really year-long and ongoing process. That's that's so true. And the average voter has no idea how much work is involved in them being able to vote in person or vote by mail, just being able to cast that one vote that they're really wanting to participate in and to make sure their voice is heard. And as you said, we we go from from the ending of an election cycle to the beginning of a new one for ourselves. We never we never stop. 
And of course, there have been changes, and we're going to get into those and some of the deadlines and everything. But uh, I was fortunate enough to have you speak to an organization with uh, uh, with a, a really a super super person at your side this morning, Carrie Anderson. Well, I I have two right hand mm-hmm. right hand people. One is my chief deputy, uh, Debbie Dent, and Debbie has been in elections for thirty three years. So she she knows the ins and the outs. Kiri Anderson, who you're referencing, is another one of my right, right-hand people. And Kiri is Deputy of Elections Outreach, which also includes working with poll workers. And that's a huge job because we have to have poll workers, of course, for every election, but not just on election day. We need poll workers for early voting as well. In the state of Florida, we have three different methods by which a voter can cast their vote, and that's either by mail, early in person, or in person at the polls on election day. So all of those in-person events have to be staffed, and Curie does such an absolutely excellent job with staffing the precincts, the early voting sites, and being out in the community and educating our voters. And before we started the program, we were chatting a wee bit, and you're also fortunate to have a depth of years of experience within yeah. the organization. What what was that total again? Yeah, I, we're about 130 years wow. of election experience wow. with my sta- myself and, and my staff here in the office, which is which is great for a small office. I'm I'm one of nine employees within the office, so um, I'm very proud of of the team that we have right now and have been able to put together. After hearing your earlier presentation, I'm going to ask now because I know we're not going to get everything in on one episode. Can you come back for another episode? I would love to. I would love to. Any time that I have the opportunity to share information. I'm I'm right there because our voters need the most current and up-to-date information as possible because there have been so many changes in the law in the recent years. Well, that's a great place to start. Uh, we do have elections coming up, mm-hmm. primary and general. There's some date specifics. What are they? August 23rd is the upcoming primary election and November 8th for the general election. It's really important for voters to remember if you want to change your party for a primary election in the state of Florida, books close 29 days prior to every election. And for a primary and it being a closed primary, we do have voters that come in, change their party so that they can vote a certain way for certain candidates in that primary election. And then they'll come back and, and change back to their their original party. But being a closed primary, Florida still has a little caveat in the law. Mm-hmm. In the state of Florida, in Martin County, for example, if we only have two voters, two candidates of the same party, for instance, running for Martin County Board of County Commissioners. If we have two Republican candidates, and I'll use Republican as an example because they're the majority party within our county. But if we have two candidates running of the same party and no other candidates file, no one from another party, no one files as a write-in, that race is going to then appear on every ballot style, whether you're a Democratic 
registered voter, no party registered voter, or a voter with with a minor party. It becomes a universal primary contest, and that that race will most likely be decided in the primary. And that's why primaries are so important. And, and I'm glad you explained it that way, because I know a lot of people have followed those who file, and uh, some seem like candidates and others don't seem like candidates. So when we have a situation like that, that's important to know. So mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that you explained it that way. But let's back up a step. Who can vote in Florida? In Florida, you just have to be a registered voter in Florida, which means you have to have a legal residency here. And this would be your only homesteaded legal residence. You can't be registered to vote in Florida and another state. And we have had some voters, you know, who think that they can still be registered, for instance, in Connecticut and here and just participate in the municipal elections in another state. That's not advisable. It, it might be too tempting to cast two votes in one election. And certainly we have seen uh, with the, the current, and not saying it's right or wrong, but with the current spotlight that is on everything election-related, mm-hmm. I wouldn't imagine someone wants to be in that spot. No, no. Um, and, and the state of Florida has joined an intrastate cross-check organization. We're one of 30 states now, and the numbers continue to grow statewide, where information is shared from these 30 states that are a part of this organization. And it checks to make sure that voters are only registered to vote in one state and not two, and that they're not voting in two states, only the one where they're legally residing to and vote. It's, it's a serious offense. It is. It's, it's a felony. It's a low-level felony, but still it's, it's a, a felony, felony, and you don't want that on your record for sure. Yeah. Things have changed, and, and it seems like things have changed a lot uh, here in Florida uh, with Senate Bill 90. Overview of what some of those changes are all about. Yeah. Senate Bill 90 passed in the 2021 legislative session. As soon as the governor signed it, a lawsuit was filed, and, and a judge's ruling has taken place. But to back up and, and really look at those areas that affect our voters, they really center around voting by mail. In, in the state of Florida in 2020, we had an extraordinary number of voters who participated in the election by mail. The legislature took the position that they were going to tighten up the safety around the process of voting by mail. So when a voter requests, and in the state of Florida, for years now, you you have had to request to vote by mail. It's always been that way, I should say. In the past, you may have had to have a reason to vote by mail, not any longer. But you have to request a mail ballot to be mailed to you. In the past, you could have requested for two election cycles, equating to up to four years. Mm-hmm. Now, under Senate Bill 90, you can only request for one election cycle, up to two years. When you do make that request, you have to provide to the supervisor of elections either the last four digits of your social security number or your driver's license number. We have to verify that. In our in our database, we may only have last four digits of social 
or driver's license number. It's so convenient for voters. They know the last four digits of their social. I'm, I'm finding they even know their spouse's last four digits of social when they request for them. They don't have to ask, which is amazing to me. That was one of the major changes. We do have about a 1,000 voters in our database that we don't have either number for. So we have obviously reached out to everyone that was in that position and tried to bring them up and current. And as I've shared with groups, I was one of those voters. My husband was one of those voters. We didn't have either our last our driver's license number or last four digits of social. It wasn't required at the and, time and I, we registered. Yeah, and, there's, and I think that's important to underscore that. There's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. those people necessarily because it just means that they've been in the books for a long time. Exactly, exactly. Me and my husband, we haven't made a physical move, so no reason to update our information. So it has been updated, needless to say. The other changes with Senate Bill 90 is a lot of our voters, when they vote a vote-by-mail ballot, like to drop it off in person here at the office or at an early voting site. That way they know it's not going through the U.S. Postal System. Uh, They know we have it. It's in-house, and their vote is is going to be counted. Now, according to Senate Bill 90, the elections office, I have to have someone at each box to monitor the process, which in a way has been helpful because if a voter comes up, we are asking that employee to verify and make sure that that ballot envelope is signed. According to Florida law, we have to reach out to a voter if their ballot envelope isn't signed or there is a mismatch with their signature to to remedy that situation. And with those ballot drop boxes, mm-hmm. uh, what you're, you're uh, mentioning now, those have to be county employees, so it can't be a volunteer. No, it cannot be a volunteer. They have to be on, on payroll. So usually what we do, because it's it's such a limited amount of time, I need my full-time employees on the phones and, and working with our voters that walk through the doors because they're familiar with our databases. We hire our poll workers. You know, they're already in our system too. So we hire them, pay them to be there at the drop box because if I don't have someone at each drop box then I am subject to personally a $25,000 civil fine. Definitely something to uh, bear in mind and of course I can uh, really be a testimonial to how you just go above and beyond to make sure that everyone has that opportunity the right to vote so Mm -hmm. I I want to commend you on that. Something you mentioned earlier about um, SB 90, and that is that already there was a lawsuit filed Mm -hmm. and a uh, 288-page ruling from a federal judge in Tallahassee, and uh, I actually have his name here somewhere. Judge Mark Walker. Mark Walker Mm -hmm. uh, in Tallahassee. His ruling was pretty scathing, and and I don't think we need to go into all of it, but does that put things in jeopardy as far as moving forward with the election? No, it really doesn't jeopardize the election process. 
as a result of Judge Walker's ruling. And and I think, you know, he focused on three different areas of Senate Bill 90. One is third-party voter registration, because there was a pretty stringent statement that anyone that was, for instance, League of Women Voters, their job is to register voters and to update information. And, and they have been doing that for many years. Under Senate Bill 90, they had to make a statement to anyone who registered to vote that they were receiving their application, but they had to advise that individual that their application might not be turned in on time. And that seemed to be kind of a place to wall up with that potential voter, Some because I listened to the entire uh, trial that took place. I could dial in and listen. It was a two-and-a-half-week trial. And it was really interesting to listen to the different testimonials, the different individuals that testified. And they had instances of individuals who said, okay, I think I'm just going to wait and and I'll just go to my supervisor of elections office instead of registering with, with you since my application form may not make it to the office in time. Uh, Judge Walker ruled, basically placed an injunction on that language, also placed an injunction on the Dropbox issue, and placed an injunction in the third area on line warming. And line warming is within the no solicitation zone, not being able to hand out a bottle of water to people standing in line or a cookie or piece of pizza, what, whatever. Um, we don't have that issue in Martin County because we don't have long lines. really affects the much larger counties. So right now there is a stay in those three areas. However, the governor, the attorney general for the state of Florida has now filed uh, an appeal with the 11th Circuit Appeal Circuit Court of Appeals out of Atlanta. So we, as supervisors of elections around the state, we're just waiting to hear if that stay is going to override Judge Walker's stay. <laughs> so it gets a little bit complicated, but it, you know, we just, we go with, with the flow. We are not, as supervisors of elections, we're not policy setters. We are required by Florida statute to administer the law that is in place. So it's quite a job to keep up it with is everything. Quite a job, and I'm watching my my clock a little closely because I like to keep these around 15 to 20 minutes long so people can listen while they're doing many many things. So I am glad that I asked earlier in the program. Uh, one more time, you'll come back for another episode. I absolutely will. Because we have a lot to talk about. Uh, we want to talk about closed primaries. We want to talk about uh, the, the actual registration process, security. Uh, mm-hmm. Here in the Martin County Supervisor of Elections office, we're in a secure building. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to go into why all of that is happening. So we've got plenty to talk about, Vicki. I, I appreciate you being on the program. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. So as we look forward to our next episode, I would like to remind uh, everyone, if you have questions about the voting process, the voter registration process, whether you are here in Martin County, whether you are throughout any uh, county in the state of Florida or throughout the nation, 
uh, please contact your supervisor of elections. That mm-hmm. is what they're all there for, to answer your questions. And I, I cannot think of a single incident where someone has not gotten an answer to a question. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, in, in our statewide association, we really like to advocate for the fact that we are the voter's advocate. Yes. And we are the election official. If If you are not sure about the information that you're hearing through social media or on TV or radio, please pick up your phone and call your local supervisor of elections. Or if you're in another state, your registrar or your clerk, whatever their title might be. Very good. And if you are the voter advocate, then I have to say that I am your gray-haired host for the Great American Senior Show. And that's how our program ends.